on this episode of PL and PJ's Pulisic the Paragon and Rules and Regulations. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with the dress code. That dress code being giggles, which is starting early this episode. I was going to say, usually we save it for the end, but man, did we have some uh, off-recording just silliness happen at the start that we won't repeat. Uh, no, but it did start with Cool Sick the Paragon, which is an interesting <laughs> title. Uh, but he was a paragon, no, a I- prime <laughs> example of how to play in his most recent game for the United States. Uh, I know, I love it. Uh, just a word that I haven't heard in a while, and I did not expect to see it on the outline when I showed and up. Let's here. be honest, it doesn't really work. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, I just couldn't get it out of my head. Sure, you know. And then I was like, "Well, I got to use it." Well, you know, usually, usually when you struggle with a title, you'll text me, and I'll send back my best suggestions. But no, you're like, "Paragon works." <laughs> <laughs> and my, I just wanted it to work. And rules and regulations, straight to the point, love it. Oh, yeah, but but we're not there We're yet. not there, sorry. We're sorry. not there. We're starting off with Christian Pulisic, who I guess as the time this comes out, they will have played Costa Rica. But in the previous match, the most recent as of when we're recording, he bagged a hat-trick for the United States. And barring a 6-0 loss tonight, uh, the U.S. will be qualifying for uh, Qatar in the, for the World Cup, right? Yeah, well, stranger things have happened. You know, they also couldn't lose to Trinidad. Well, actually... Stranger Things happened three times, just three seasons of it. I believe there's a fourth. It's not out yet. Well, but it's coming. Does that mean there's that's an four, omen oh for the Another. United States? <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Yeah. But yes, uh, Pulisic played very well uh, in their last match, not including Costa Rica, because we don't know what happened in that one as of yet. Uh, but two cool finishes from the spot, and then the coolest of all finishes. Yeah. Uh, with one somewhat lucky touch and then one pretty deft touch to uh, finish off the move. Did you see his tweet today about I how don't think so. people talking like he didn't mean to do it like they can read minds? Oh. Basically saying that he meant to do that behind-the-back yeah, touch? No, I don't think he did. I don't either. He looked surprised as he t- – like, I'm sure, I'm sure he meant to, like, pull it around. I don't right. think he meant for it to go, like, cut behind him. I'm sure he meant to do something – and it wasn't exactly that, but it worked right. out. It worked out great, and then he megged the next defender. Right, and... which was, I mean, that obviously he did mean to do, and it was really cool, and he f- slotted it past the keeper. But, you know, at that point, I just wouldn't have said anything about right. it. Let it. Let it go. Sure. And let A lot people, like Elsa. <laughs> let people use their imaginations, whether he meant to do it or not, whatever. Just don't say anything. But whatever, we can move past that and think about his return to the Premier League after this international break, Brent. Um, he's been getting a little more game time yeah. at Chelsea. Do we see that continuing since he is in such good form? I think so, and I think on top of that, I, I don't think he plays or at least starts this final game for the sure. United States tonight. So maybe a little bit more rested and coming into form. And it seems like Tuchel is kind of settling on this Havertz, Pulisic, and either Mount or Ziyech forward line. Yeah. I, it's just kind of come to fruition in the last few weeks. And I think if he can bring that form to Chelsea, it uh it could help save his Chelsea career as there's 
allegedly reports that he might be uh, up for sale on the trading block currently. Yeah, and I'm not sure that would be the best thing, but it also might not be the worst thing considering Tugel's tactics of a 5-2-3, which they're really settling into, which only leaves three spots for right. seven or eight like choices in that Chelsea uh, lineup, which is or bench that's pretty stacked. Yeah. Um. So un- unless they plan on playing him as like a left wing back, which, which they've happened, done, yeah. Uh. Then he's gonna be fighting a lot for just three spots on the team sheet each time. Whereas if he went to somewhere else, he might get more regular playing time and not have to fight for that spot as much. But there's the argument that fighting for the spot makes him a better player, and it being competitive pushes everyone to their limits in a good way. Uh, but yeah, it would be interested to, interesting to see if he um, is in favor, if Tugel, in Tugel's favor um, in the upcoming team sheets. Well, Jake, and as we've said multiple times in recent weeks, cream rises to the top. <laughs> we love that analogy. And it's time to find out if Pulisic can rise to the top. Or idiom, I We should. know that he's been, you know, he's experienced some highs and lows in his time at Chelsea. Much like Empire of the Sun. A lot like Empire of the Sun. Um, R.I.P. our old intro. It was great. Uh, anyway, he, you know, when you think about after COVID when it came back, I mean, the kid was on fire. Not literally. Not literally. Not like Katniss Everdeen. Um, but then, you know, kind of tailed off with injury to start the next season. Then he kind of found some form again. Then it went away. And hopefully, hopefully, he can... Uh, Get back to his brilliant best. Nice alliteration, Brent. Better than Pulisic the Paragon. <laughs> Slightly better. <laughs> um, but that's all I have on the Pulisic topic. If, if you're fine going right into our rules and regulations. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed, but I'm good to go. Like, I'm going to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, this you is, talk This is about your apartment. It. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. You okay. talk about it. Um, well, Brent, um, as the title suggests, there have been new rules slash regulations um, changed in Two different competitions. One is just proposed. The other one, I believe, passed today. It did. Uh, the first one that we'll talk about is the Champions League is looking to expand the field, um, including some rules changes that includes uh, the use of coefficient to uh, maybe include, you know, bigger clubs, in quotes. Quote, unquote. Um, that didn't finish in the Champions League's slots in their domestic league yeah i mean there there is the caveat that they had to have qualified for either the europa league or the conference league but even still you expect barring anything crazy the biggest clubs to still do that um but yeah it's it's essentially people are complaining because it's remnants of the super league protecting big clubs protecting their interests and their revenue to where a team could underperform in a season but still make the champions league the next year which in theory, also encourages better players to still go to those clubs despite poor performance. Because Champions League is a huge allure for, mm-hmm. for those teams and, and the revenue that comes with it. And so when you think about and in, in our examples right now, you know, as it stands, the top four would be the same. You know, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man City. But even though Tottenham are above Man United in the table, were it to be this season, as of right now, United would be going through because they have a higher net because of the teams that they've played. Which, you know, as a Spurs fan, seems unfair. It seems unfair as anybody fan, I think. Yeah, no, that, that is fair. 
Um, but I understand from a monetary standpoint, um, the big clubs want to be in the competition. And even the competition benefits from having the big clubs in there sure. as well. So it's a two-way street there. Um, and, you know, money runs the world. Um, and people don't like that, especially in sports and yeah. even more so in soccer. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't like this proposed rule change. Um, I think it's fun seeing new teams in there each year. Mm-hmm. And I understand it should be expanding a little bit. But I think, you know, just making it competitive for those four spots in most of the leagues, um, you know, I think that makes it fun. And I, I don't want to see that lost by creating a kind of parachute for uh, – those big clubs that sometimes have off seasons. Well, I think you lose the ability for lower clubs to climb the ranks to get to that Mm -hmm. point, because if you're protecting the larger clubs, then, I mean, I guess I think back to historically big clubs that have fallen from grace, thing like a Nottingham Forest, who, you know, theoretically, if as they were at the top of Europe and doing very well in the Champions League, that as they started to slide on the Champions League table, there were no repercussions for that. They would have continued to gain money from playing in Europe and playing in bigger competitions. And as you're looking at teams like Aston Villa starting to climb up the table, like Newcastle getting this huge injection of money, you're seeing these other teams rise up, and for what? You know, just so that they can not essentially achieve the same... Like, like if, if they finished outside of the spot, outside of the Champions League places... But the spot goes to the team below him, who's a bigger club. Like that doesn't seem like how's a team supposed to grow? How's a club supposed to grow yeah. when priority? Like they would have to finish in the top four. Yeah, um, you know that's a big factor in it. And as a lower club, you don't like to see that happening because you don't like the favorites. Um, you know, mm-hmm. getting a cushy little deal because sure. they make the. Uh, not FIFA. What is the? Uh, who does Europa? Who does Champions League? UEFA. Is it UEFA? Thank you. Uh, making them more money. Sure. So uh, you know, it's it is not fair. That is my stance on it. Yeah. That's most people's stance on it. I haven't seen anybody in favor of it. Right. Um, it's just a proposal. Um, it'll be voted on. I mean, <laughs> but you know. The people that are making the decisions, um, they might be in favor of it. It doesn't really matter what the public thinks. Right. Um, but that's an entirely different subject. Um, but Brent, another rules change that did get voted on and passed today, Wednesday. Uh, the Premier League is going back to five subs next season. Yeah, it's a little bit of a flip-flop, a rule that nobody's in favor of to a rule that it seems like mm-hmm. everybody's in favor of. I don't know why they got rid of the five-man rule, the, the yeah. substitutions, you know, it's still three windows, which I'm a big fan of in the first place. And to see other top leagues and international competitions still doing it, but only really the Premier League taking it away, surprising. And you've seen coaches complain about it a lot. Yes, definitely. Um, because, you know, it came about because of COVID and, the sh- you know, the games were closer together because we had to fit so many more games in a shorter amount of time, but there still are a lot of games in the season, especially for those teams that are in three or four competitions. Well, and not only that, I think it also adds to the excitement of the game in terms of... More fresh legs. Well, not only that, but if a team's down by two, they can throw on all attacking players, like three of them, and then if they come all the way back, 
then they can maybe preserve that sure. draw by and I at least for lower table teams I think specific if you see for like a I don't know Watford losing to Man City by three and they just decide to throw on a couple attacking players they somehow come back to three three then they can put on some more defensive players and get a little bit more solidity at the back and I think that just makes it more exciting as a viewer, that there can be so many tactical changes in a game. It keeps it fresh. It keeps it interesting. It highlights even more a manager's decision-making and highlights their tactics, whereas they don't have to be so conservative with subs. Mm -hmm. They can really go for things if they want to. I mean, on the flip side, you could also put on, like, seven defenders, but you wouldn't. (laughs) Like, I don't think any top team would do that. So I think it just makes it more entertaining for the viewer. And also for the clubs that have an abundance of talents – and, you know, just the other clubs in general that you don't get to see a lot of their second team players. Um, it'd be nice to see, you know, everyone get their run out and have a chance to prove themselves. And I think we're going to see, obviously, a lot more rotation, um, but maybe some younger players. I was going to say youth as well. Yeah, I think to, to get their time to shine and maybe prove that they deserve to be um, either selected in the starting 11 or maybe... Uh, first or second sub in an upcoming game and not like the fifth sub you put on the 90th minute. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a good rule, uh, not just for fitness levels, but also, like you mentioned, for entertainment. And I think it's going to um, enhance the viewing process for you know the casual fan and even you know the, the diehard fans out there too. Um, but I think it's a good rule all around. Um, very little opposition to it, um, which is why it passed. Uh, but definitely some. I think so. Yeah, I've, I mean, some people are traditionalists, think the game should stay the exact same way. But I think it's for the best. And honestly, it makes me question why they got rid of it. You know, after COVID, when every other league was... I can understand why they're like, oh, we're going back to the way things were. COVID, you know, we're getting past it. Stadium's opening back up. Let's go back to the old rules. But everybody else left it the way that it was. It was really just England of the major leagues that went back to three. Yeah, well, England and English football... You know, specifically love traditions, love yeah. to have things stay the way they are. Um, that's a mainstay in Europe as well. Um, you know, in the U.S., we like to, you know, move forward, add new oh, things. Yeah. You see that with the uh, addition of... Uh, Industrial Revolution. That, I that's was gonna, in England. I was going to say uh, <laughs> video review in pretty much every oh, sport yeah. now. Well, but also the VAR process really was spearheaded in the United States. They also tried to do referee cams at one point. Ooh, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, that didn't catch on. <laughs> that would be awesome. Do, they a Mike cool. Dean one? Yeah, they had it in the MLS All-Star game against Real. Yeah. And it was really, like, I really liked it. That's fun. But anyway. Speaking of Mike Dean, is he uh, hanging up the, the boots? I believe so, yeah. And the whistle at the end of the season? Um, that's sad day for anyone that likes to see drama on the pitch, True. especially surrounding... The referee who, you know, they love to make it about them. Sure. Why couldn't it be Michael Oliver? <laughs> you know? I do not like that man. Yeah, that guy sucks. Um, but I, I think I read that Mike Dean might be sticking around um, as a full-time VAR. Oh, okay. That's kind of <laughs> Referee. Fun. So he's still going to be part of the drama, just, you know, maybe not the face of it. Right. And maybe he can help fix a broken system sure. from the inside. <laughs> that sounds like what he's that going to like do. That sounds like Mike. If I know Mike, <laughs> that I, sounds like him. I like Mike. Shout out Michael McCluskey. <laughs> Campaign slogan. It didn't work. It did not. But, uh, Rip. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know what is going to work? Our bets. That's exactly right, Jake. Uh, what a good transition. Thank you. Um, 
Brent, don't be shocked by these surprise odds. Let me build up some friction on the couch real quick. <laughs> All right. Here. See if it shocks me. Ah! It didn't. It didn't. No. Um, our surprise odds, a little different here. We yeah. went a little wacky. We're, you know, we started the episode with giggles instead of ending with giggles. We're a little topsy-turvy. Oh, there, there could be giggles to come. Ooh, there could be. But. But we have an own goal. To be scored in Manchester United versus Leicester, two teams that are shaky at the back, make some questionable decisions. I think you can highlight a few specific players. One, your least favorite defender in the Premier League. Marty. Yeah. And then Sanchez up there. (laughs) And then Harry Maguire. um, You know, he's had, I think, two of the season already. Yeah. So why not a third? Um, but yeah, at plus 650 odds, we think that's insane because it's a sure thing. Well, even if it isn't a no, sure it is. thing, <laughs> it's just surprising that they give that high of odds when these are two teams that are just a comedy of errors this season. You know, like it seems like, the, you know what, every, I'm going to call it right now, every single goal scored in this game, own goal. Every single every one. Every single one. What if it's just one? Every goal. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, Brent, I, I could see that happening. Um, I know that... I couldn't. <laughs> Le- Leicester kind of implementing a lot more wing play um, as of recent times, and that leads to own goals with those crosses coming sure. in and trying to you know clear them out and you hit it the wrong way. Um, we saw something similar with Harry Maguire against Tottenham, I believe, um, where he scored an own goal. Yeah, didn't really work out for Christian Romero, but... No, that was fun. For a second. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, own goal in Manchester United versus Leicester. You heard it here first. But Brent, moving on to our game pick. Something you might not have heard here first, but you might have, is Arsenal and Crystal Palace over two and a half goals, plus 114 odds. Arsenal, wow, solid at the back, are still Arsenal, and are susceptible to dropping points. Eventually, their win streak will come to an end. Yep. Crystal Palace, sneaky good on their day, can pull out a good result. And I could see a 2-1 result in this game, maybe a 2-2. I could also see it being 0-0, but... Why I, would you say that? Well, because we I can... What I, was gonna, I can see a lot of things. You know, I'd, I, I have two eyes that work. I'm not okay. Raven Simone. I no. can't see into the future, but... I can see plenty of things. What I see most likely is both teams score and there to be a winner. Why don't we just bet on that? Because this is essentially that, right. but safer, because it could be a draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I see Crystal Palace scoring for sure, so Arsenal have to respond. I think they do because you know they are in pretty good form. They are. And they're going to continue that against um, you know a Crystal Palace team. That had a couple call-ups for the England squad um, this recent international break, which is awesome. But uh, they're definitely susceptible to uh, some counter-attacking goals, which Arsenal are pretty good at. Yeah. And um, moving right along to our player pick, Brent, we have fresh off a penalty shootout victory. Yeah, speaking of international break. Yeah. Sadio Mane to score against Watford at minus 106. There will be no laser pointers present, so it should be pretty easy to score. Um, yeah. Now, I, I got to double check. I had it written down as plus 105. Plus 105? Uh, that'd be great odds. I might have. That's m- what I think that's why I highlighted I it. I might have made up minus 106. Well, I hope you didn't make anything up. Look, you read it, so I hope you're right. 
but I swear. I read it out loud. I never, we're doing a fact check. I never read it from the screen. You, uh, you said it, and I just wrote something down. Oh, So this okay. could be a communication problem between the two of us? Yeah, Sadio Mane is plus 105. Wow. I'm an idiot. I may, uh, you know what? I also listed Salah and Jota. After that, and Jota is minus 106. That's probably that makes more sense. where that miscommunication happened. I'm sorry. You should have read this. Your one. odds just got better. <laughs> <laughs> but wait. There's, there's more. more. <laughs> it's plus 105 for Sadio to I was wondering why you're giving me kind of a weird look. Well, I, I looked I at like, your paper. I, I was like, did he read it wrong or did he write it wrong? And then I, I looked wrong, at mine yeah. and I thought, did I get it wrong? Because I was pretty sure I highlighted it for a specific reason because it was positive. Brent, you don't often give me minus odds when it comes to goal it's scorers, true. so I should have known better. How dare you? Brent, uh, do you like that pick, Sadio Mane, to score? Well, I picked it. Do you want to give us a reason why you like it? No? Uh, well, you know, he might not start. <laughs> And so if he doesn't, you get your money back for sure. But if You're really selling this. <laughs> but if he subs on and scores, free money. Is that how that works? Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Brent, let's go to our Pirates Code Player of the Week. That we definitely know will hit. Because it is Manchester United and Leicester, both teams to score, mind you, two own goals by right. what I've called. We already covered this part. And... West Ham, Everton, under two and a half, who in their last three matches, all 1-0. So, you combine those together, you get plus 205 odds. We almost thought about, I think the pattern was, it'd be Everton to win 1-0 yeah. this game. We almost thought about picking that. But thought a little safer, um, especially because it's part of a parlay. Yeah. Just to do under two and a half. Um, you know, Everton, not really goal machines as it stands. Um, and West Ham kind of hitting a rough patch, all things considered. Yeah. So I think they both struggle a little bit. I think West Ham do come out on top. I think it's 1-0, you know, again. <laughs> um, An odd choice. <laughs> Where did that come from? But it could also end up 2-0, 1-1. So. But the point is not under over two and, a half. two and a half. Yeah. Plus 205 for that parlay. Double your farm. Slash triple... If you're thinking about it, like what your net gain right. versus what you end up with. You know, you're getting really into the weeds on it. I think what's important is your farm is going to grow a lot. I think what is important is that I just finished my whiskey. You're kidding. How about yours? Well, my, yeah, mine's gone, and and my beer is gone, and I guess I guess we did take care of giggles at the start, didn't we? Huh. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's got to constitute as giggles. Yeah. Um, by definition. By definition. <laughs> so Somebody we... pull out the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> Oxford comma? <laughs> I know it's a great song. Oh, my gosh. You're going to love it. Um, but, Brent, our whiskey and our beer and our topics are all gone. Yeah. What's your point? I'm wearing jammies. I kind of am. I'm wearing the custom jammies, at least the custom top. Well, half of us are. Right. We have one quarter of the custom jammies on. Correct. Yeah. Go Good math. math. <laughs> well, I'm something of a mathematician myself. From the only Premier League podcast with a one-quarter dress code. And a mathematician. And a mathematician. <laughs> we'll see you next time.